0: Welcome to today's episode of Building Builders, a podcast made for contractors. In this episode, we are joined by Aaron Witt to talk about changing society's view on construction and empowering the industry. So Aaron, welcome to uh, Building Builders podcast. I'm super excited to uh, be chatting with you. I'm very, very excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Where are you uh, today? Is it Nashville, is that right? Nashville, Tennessee, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm I'm home for once, uh, but
1: I leave again for the rest of the year on, on sunday so i'm not here i'm not here often
0: right yeah so I, I follow uh most of your channels and i see you're on planes all the time uh, traveling across the country across I've, the world in many cases
1: yeah this year it's been a lot of international i think i've done four i've done four continents by the end of the year um last year was just or at least the past few years just been the states because of covid but now that the world opened back up i've been trying to trying to get around as much as i can and i've been told to do it while i'm young so here i am i'm young <laughs> and i'm doing it
0: All right um so aaron for you know anyone uh any of our viewers who may not know uh yourself and what you're up to um you know i have a note here that all of this began with uh, your love for uh, a trash truck. And, you know, maybe do you want to talk about that? And then, uh, you know, tell us what you're up to now and, you know, how we've come to talk.
1: Sure. Yeah, I... So I've always loved machinery. I loved the trash man when I was real little. I had my sixth birthday party at the cat dealer. But growing up, I I had no exposure to the blue collar world other than just from afar, from seeing it as you drive by. And it, it wasn't even... It wasn't even looked down upon in the world I grew up in. It just wasn't even it, it wasn't even on anybody's radar. It wasn't an option you even consider. Um, but I, I I got into the construction industry at 18. There was a construction project in my neighborhood. I was enamored by it. I called them up, asked for a job. Started as a laborer. Went to study engineering in school. Uh, worked for quite a few construction companies while I was in school graduated, went to work in road construction. Plan was to start a construction company, but that's when things started to take a different direction. Um, I looked at social media, like, like, uh, like a tool for the first time. And I analyzed my life, try to figure out what unique perspective I had, what unique story I had just being a 20 something, not knowing very much, but what, what could I offer people? And, arrived on my dirt world story. So I started to post pictures and videos on social media. It took off, started the company BuildWit almost five years ago now. we, At first, it was just me running around with a camera, taking pictures. Then we grew into a niche marketing business focused on infrastructure, natural resources, doing anything from branding the websites to video projects for for contractors and mining companies, primarily to help them find people. And then this year, we have re-become a startup uh, by creating a software company and a training product and platform to help contractors uh, make their current workforce more effective and train their current workforce on how to lead more effectively and then how to bring new people into the trades and get them up to speed as as quickly as possible so that's that's what we're up to is we have marketing media storytelling and then now the software training business
0: and uh hundreds of thousands of people uh following you if not millions uh you know through this journey over the last number of years it's it's
1: grown way beyond i like what i had initially thought it would be uh and i don't think we've even scratched the surface on the potential which is the most exciting part so yeah it's 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 wild the reach we have is is starting to really become something
0: yeah that's incredible um, <clears throat> so many questions here for you but I, I can't help but uh comment my uh my son is five and he wants to drive a garbage truck. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely loves it. We got to go out and watch it out the window, you know, every Wednesday morning. Um,
1: You know, it's a brilliant career because what happens when the economy is good? People throw trash away. What happens (laughs) when the economy is bad? People throw trash away. Like it it doesn't ever go away.
0: (laughs) It's recession proof. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So uh, before I get into some of these uh, uh, questions here, I'm just curious, so when you started this, you know, you started taking pictures and posting them. Was it, you know, just with your, uh, your, your iPhone or, uh, you know, your, your phone, um, or have you always uh, been into photography?
1: I, I have no formal photography training and I'm, I'm not all that interested in photography. Like if it's like, take a picture of this beautiful sunset. I just don't have interest in that. I just like to photograph heavy equipment. That's my, That's my field. That's my domain. That's what gets me excited. That's what the the photography gets me onto the job sites. It gives me a reason to be there rather I'd just be standing around otherwise. And it gives me the ability to share that with other people. So when I started, uh, it was first with my phone when I was working in the industry. Then I bought a GoPro and I would use a GoPro. Then I bought a cheap DSLR. Then my friend had a drone that I would borrow and get some aerial photos, which was a whole new world. Right. And then when I started the company, I spent you know, $3,000 on a nice Sony camera <laughs> and right. started just figuring out how to use it. Uh, but I had, I had no training and I've uh, just kind of figured it out.
0: Right. It's really more about the authentic content uh, that you're, you're sharing with everyone. Uh, yeah, maybe five uh, pixels.
1: Well, I, I'm not a very technical person, um, right. which is kind of a, an odd thing to say now that we have a software company. I just don't I don't understand technology. I don't understand software all that much. My camera. I understand the three basic functions of a camera. That's all I worry right. about. <laughs> I use two two lenses. It's just I like to keep it as simple as possible. I don't edit very much. There's just not much to it. The really the the big part of it is it's like anything. You just do it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and you miraculously start to become better
0: at it. Um, Aaron, I want to I want to dive into your view on construction. Um, so, the, uh, you know, despite it being uh, absolutely vital, um, you know, it's often you know I think unfortunately kind of looked down on. Um, I, I'd love to get sort of your your opinion on, uh, on that and and sort of what's needed, uh, in this, uh, in this industry.
1: Our, our industry has a massive problem. I'm, I'm based in the States, but I've seen it's similar in Canada. It's similar in Germany. It's similar in Australia. Any developed nation is starting to have this worsening problem. And that is, Hey, our infrastructure needs are not slowing down. Our society is developing our current infrastructure is getting older. So we we have this need and and say we want to go replace the power grid with a clean power grid that only requires more infrastructure, not less. Okay, so now you're saying you have to go rebuild the whole power grid. Great. So that's that's just endless construction and mining. Um, So we have the demand that's not going away over the long term anytime soon. But we have, at least in the states, 40 percent of the workforce that's retire by the year 2031. And and that scares the crap out of me. And it should scare the crap out of anybody, not just in the construction industry, but society. Because if that goes away, society dissolves. Um, But I think a lot of people right now are kind of sitting on the sideline or just they just have like they're just kind of shrugging like "Mm, we'll see how this goes. And people are saying, well, you know, the next generation doesn't want to work or people are lazy. And I say, okay, great. You know, what if you're right? What if the next generation is lazy? So say you're right for the sake of argument, then what? Like (laughs) that doesn't make the problem go away. So I, I think the reality is society looks down upon the trades, but we're quick to blame society for that. We don't look ourselves in the mirror and take responsibility for it. That's where it starts. I think if every contractor, everybody in the industry, no matter what position they're in, took some responsibility for the problem we're facing and said, I'm going to do something about it, we would see not only the labor problem start to solve itself, but society view our business, what we do, as noble. There is a study I saw about noble careers. So think a doctor, a teacher, uh, a, a, someone in the military, and there were kind of three criteria to that. They, they work really hard, they serve others, and they're highly educated. If you look at construction, it's all three of those things. An operator right. is not highly educated in the traditional education sense, but that's a yeah. highly educated, highly skilled position. Why aren't we looked upon as noble? I think we have all the ingredients, so we're not having to manufacture some narrative. We just need to tell the story in the first place.
0: I absolutely love this view. It's completely different than what, what most say, um, sort of relying on, you know, trying to uh, change the way society looks on us uh, rather than talking about, you know, looking inward and how can we change it? Uh, you know, I, I'll give you a little example from my, my past. Uh, so Aaron, I, I used to be in uh, landscape construction uh, and when I started, you know, That's a long time ago, 15, probably close to 20 years ago. uh, My first co-op job, uh, probably 20 years ago now, uh, I was working for a landscape company. And, you know, not only was safety not really a thing, you know, wearing hard hats and safety vests, but, you know, most people weren't wearing shirts, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we were out there, everyone's getting the suntan working real hard, you know, doing things like standing on the back of a, a, a skid skier, like the, the team, the people were the counterweight for the skid skier to be able to plant heavy trees, Sure, yeah. uh, like just ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, you know now i am seeing some you know a lot of change right there's professionalism being brought out uh and uh you know it's not just the professionalism it's it's the tech these are super highly skilled jobs they're very technical uh and you know we we need to uh start celebrating them ourselves not just society celebrating it but i think everyone on these job sites you know i i most, I would say all are proud of the work that they do, but, you know, I think we should be proud about it. We should be coming home, talking to our families. We should be, you know, sharing, um, you know, to the, the broader uh, um, public or audience uh, exactly what that is. And that that's what you're doing. That's what I see you doing. And I think it's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. When I started the business, it was all about attract, attract, attract. Um, But as I've spent more time in the industry, gone to more job sites, talked to more people, thought about the problem, I've started to recognize that it's not an attraction problem. We can keep putting as many people in the top of the funnel as we want, and they're going to keep getting run off. And that's because we're operating on this, this antiquated operating system. And we have to recognize that the world has shifted to be over here. And if we keep thinking we, we want it to be where we are but it's not, it's, it's over here now. And we can go kick and scream and fight that all we want, but the problem only continues to get worse. So I'm just looking at it, like at what point do we say, hey, maybe we do think a little differently here to go into the next generation. And I'm not telling contractors to go be less profitable and less competitive. I'm saying if you do this, if you care for your people, you'll overcome your workforce challenge, you'll be more productive than ever before, you'll be more profitable than ever before. You'll be able to pay, pay your people better than ever before. Everybody wins in, as a result. So I'm not saying, hey, we all need to be worse and make less money and, 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 and have even less margins because the margins suck. I'm saying we need to be more profitable. We need to have more money. And if we do this, I see this as the path to, to, to prosperity that we've never seen in our industry before. This podcast is sponsored by Dozer, an online marketplace for heavy equipment rentals across North America. Partnering with thousands of rental houses, Dozer provides contractors with access to local suppliers, transparent pricing, mobile ordering, and an industry-leading payment option of 0% interest for 60 days. Go to dozer.com to find your
0: next heavy equipment rental. That's r.com. How can leaders help empower uh, those already in the industry? Um, and, and as a follow up question, are there any, uh, you know, leaders that you've been working with that are doing a great example of this?
1: We as as a one, the first step is recognizing that everybody is a leader in some capacity. A leader is somebody that influences others. So if you're a parent, you're a leader. If you're on a crew, construction crew, you're a leader. If, you, know, you don't have to be the chief executive, the vice president, the division you know, manager, whatever it is. Everybody is a leader. So that's one. Everybody is in a leadership position. Two, leadership is a skill. It's not – there isn't the leadership fairy just bopping people on the head when they're children. And, oh, yep, you'll become president. You'll, you'll do this. You'll do that. But all you others are screwed. It's a learned skill. Some inherently have a little bit more than others, but everybody's capable of learning it. And so what I've done first and foremost is I've just learned how to lead more effectively so that I have the skill set I need to help those around me. And if the way I put it, I I heard Jordan Peterson talk about this and everything I talk about is not my idea. I, I just pull everything from everything else. I'm not all that smart. Jordan Peterson said, hey, if everybody just did their dishes, if everybody just took care of their household, society would start to repair itself overnight. And so, so my, my, my question for contractors, no matter what position they're in, no matter if, they're, if, if people in the construction industry, whether they're a laborer, whether they're an operator, a foreman, a vice president, the owner of a company, how can you do your dishes? How can you care for your people more? How can you train them to not just be more effective on the job site, but better in life? Have you asked them what they're struggling with? Do you trust them? There's just simple things that we all can do. And if every company does those things, if, if I'm a laborer and I ask myself, how can I serve those around me? How can I make life better for everybody around me? If everybody just did that, things would start to repair themselves overnight
0: yeah i think you're probably right um do you do you think that there uh do you think that this is a challenge is uh um are leaders not getting the leadership training that they need uh within this industry
1: Um, we have we have an industry of managers we have an industry of managers i think there's a lot of managers there's not a lot of leaders and no matter what position you're in you are better off becoming a leader you are you will have a amazing life if you learn how to lead effectively and the first book i read on this was jocko extreme ownership i just started to recognize that everything was my responsibility and i'm the leader of my life once you start to take ownership of your life everything everything changes and and what's happening now is i've i've i see this a lot so you have retirement happening the retirements are typically, a lot of times, like at the foreman level, superintendent level. So you'll have a grading crew. The foreman will retire, leave. You then naturally survey your grading crew, who's your top performer, elevate them to foreman. Foreman, that's a totally different skill set than running a track hoe. Totally different totally. skill set. You're leading totally. people. But yeah. you just assume that they'll effectively do that because they can effectively run a track hoe and load trucks and manage a dirt spread. That's not, that's, but that's a different job. And yet, so then, so then what do they do? Well, they don't have the leadership skills, so they default to however they've been managed coming up, which is probably the wrong, wrong way to do it. Now, everybody beneath them is either run off the job or is unproductive because they're just going to rebel against the poor management practice. And then you're looking at what used to be your top performer. Like what happened? What happened? But they were set up for failure from the beginning. So I, I think it's it's largely missing, but to answer your question earlier, there are companies that are doing great work. I think a company like Hoopla is one that comes to mind very quickly, Sargent Corporation, Emory Sons, Goodfellow Brothers, Rummel. I mean, there's a lot of amazing companies out there that we get to see every day that I think have... A great thing going. They're not perfect by any means. Our company's not perfect. No company's perfect, but they're trending in the right direction.
0: Um, <clears throat> I was going to head another another direction, but uh, yeah. Uh, before that, the um, I used to see this all the time. I've seen it all all through my my career that everyone's looking for that that next step and this idea of becoming a manager is always like the next step, like in, in my landscaping business, everyone wanted to be a manager. And then the next thing for, for no reason other than hearing that it's a next step, I want to, I want an office job. <laughs> I want to get out of the field and get into the office. But, um, it's almost like we, uh, we aren't communicating what these roles are, um, and tons and tons and tons of opportunity within these roles. But, uh, you know, some people, may not love working with calculators all day and estimating, uh, right? No. They might absolutely love being in the field and being a really, really, really great trade tradesperson. Uh, That's It's not just about management. Um,
1: the, the mistake human beings make is we think people think like us. So the people in the office think everybody wants to do what they did and that climb up the ladder and elevate their career in that more, vertical direction, not horizontal direction. But right. you can't go build a whole company with those people. And if you look at a construction company, you know, you have a small percentage operating the business. Everything else below that, that that's what's required to run. So you can't have everybody going to the vice president level. You can't have a, a company of it just doesn't work and not everybody wants to be there. But now you have to ask yourself, how can I help my people grow that don't wanna be going vertically, but maybe horizontally. Maybe they yep. wanna go see a different part of the business. Maybe they wanna help us start, a new, start into a new market or do something a little bit different. You just have to first have the conversation with these people. I think so often we just assume, I mean, yeah, they either wanna do what we do or they're just a track operator, they're just a haul truck driver. And we yeah. never have those conversations of where do you wanna go So then you have this, this haul truck driver that doesn't necessarily want to be the boss, but they're frustrated because they feel like they're stagnant and they're not growing, but we haven't had that conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm hearing you, uh, you know, speak a fair bit about, you know, kind of taking control of your life, of your career. Um, it sounds like you do a lot of reading. Um, is, is that something that you would be recommending to, uh, you know, um, you know, people in the trades that want to get into leadership, or that are managers that want to become great leaders, um, or there, you know, is there a hole here? Are there uh, training courses that they should be taking? Um, what would you do if you're in that position?
1: I, I've, I've always read. I have a rule. I read ten pages a day. So I do. I do physical exercise every day. I read ten pages a day, and I write one page a day. And you have just made it seven days a week, it doesn't matter how tired I am, where I'm at, It's just just read 10 pages a day. And, and if everybody in the industry read two books, Extreme Ownership and Everybody Matters, those are my two favorite books, things would start to repair themselves so quickly. One is about taking ownership of your life, ultimate accountability, everything at the end of the day is on your shoulders. Two, it's about caring for people. And I think our industry needs to apply a lot more care. And, and we've, we've had this one operating system that's got us here very successfully, but I don't think that operating system is going to get us the next 50 years. And that's what I'm looking at because I have the next 40, 50 years ahead of me. I'm young. I have to be, I have to be optimistic about the next few decades, but I think it's going to require a lot of change. So I think whatever, yeah, whatever people can do to just better themselves as human beings Maybe it doesn't help you in your career, but if it helps you at home, your, your relationship, whatever it is, your, your health, your body, by all means, go for it.
0: So does this, uh, this comment ring true at all? Uh, um, the, the construction industry, uh, has got to its, uh, got to where it is now on brute force and grit. And, uh, you know, the next step might be through, a. A culture of care and learning. Um, do you think that that is, uh, you know, a factor?
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think that eliminates brute force and grit. I think, <laughs> I think we need brute force to do some work. I think we need grit to do what we do. We just need to apply a little bit more care. I don't think they're opposite sides of the coin. I think it all works together. I think. Human beings fundamentally want to be cared for. They want to feel, they want to fit in. They want to be appreciated. They want to be part of the tribe. I I think if we start aligning our businesses more toward human nature, we'll start to see some really positive results. And it might take a little bit, but I don't talk about this like, like, oh, maybe this will work. I talk about this based on here's what I've seen other companies like a Hoopah grading do. They've done this. And it's worked out really, really well for them. And I've seen this company, I've seen this co- I've seen all these companies do this and it's worked out really well for them. So now we need to just apply that at kind of a greater greater industry level. So I think it's, it's I whole, wholeheartedly believe we need to care more. And I'm not saying people take that really personally, I'm not saying people don't care. Company owners don't care. I think there's this fallacy in the fields that these company owners are out there. They're greedy. They're trying to squeeze as much people from... I, don't, I haven't met very many company owners like that. They're the most caring people ever. I'm just saying we need to care in a different way. So we need to apply a different level of care. And if you don't agree... You just don't have. You don't have to look very far if you look at the the statistic that five times more people die by suicide than by any safety accident in our industry in the United States. That's enough to prove that point. I mean that that alone says this is a massive problem. This is a lack of caring. And again, call me naive, but I think that's the solution to something like that.
0: Yeah. uh, Great, 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 great points. Um, I want to ask you something in a little bit different direction here. Um, If we're looking at losing 40% of our workforce or potentially losing 40% of the workforce, and we've talked about, you know, a solution, probably the best solution being, uh, you know, really great leadership and, uh, you know, talking about you know the industry and and promoting it um ourselves to others how does uh how does autonomy fit in uh, auto- uh autonomous equipment is that is that more of a you know something for safety uh, or do you think that that helps fill the gap so this is this is interesting <laughs> i think technology
1: is part of the solution if somebody says that there is one solution to our workforce challenge, and this is it. They're lying. This is a complicated problem. It it requires a a multifaceted approach, and that's where I think contractors just want the easy button. I'm like, I'm sorry, that doesn't exist because we're dealing with humans, and I know you like to deal with equipment and materials and things you can manage and measure. Humans are squishy, but that's what makes them special. Autonomy is a piece of the puzzle. Where autonomy Mm -hmm. is at right now, is it's really good in very consistent applications, like a haul truck doing the same route every day, every day. every the, the, the company with the most autonomous miles driven in the world is not Uber or Google, it's Caterpillar. And that's because they've been running autonomous trucks for decades now. I think those applications are going to continue to be automated, but I also go to a lot of mines that they have that kind of application, but automation just doesn't work. I think in construction, So mining, it's closer, but still not even close to solving that workforce challenge. And if you're betting on that to solve your workforce challenge, you're going to be sadly mistaken. In construction, it's getting here, but it's only focused primarily, it's kind of two levels. Total automation is focused on something that is very repeatable. So Built Robotics in California, for example, is working on an excavator that can dig a trench, primarily for like a solar application or a wind farm. So you're, you're digging miles of trench for a cable out in the middle of nowhere. That is a menial task. And so what that does is that, that doesn't replace the operator, but it now frees that operator up to go apply human creativity and problem-solving in more complicated scenarios which then makes that human more valuable, which then increases wages in theory, which then allows them just more creativity and more challenges to solve during the day to make their role more fulfilling. Some people like that monotonous work, but that's the minority. So if we can automate some of that and then take those operators and apply them in a better sense for everybody i think that's a win across the board and then two what's going to be much more common already is is kind of semi-automatic it's machine control that kind of thing but that doesn't replace an operator that's just another tool to make operators more effective and anybody saying these these some of these grumpy operators will say oh you know i get out finish a GPS blade hand any day because I'm skilled. It's like, okay, no, that's just not true. I've seen highly skilled blade hands that have become highly skilled in machine control as well. They could outfinish you any day of the week. So it doesn't replace the skill for running the machine, but it's also, they, it's an ego thing. They don't want to be bad at something. They're really good at running the machine. They have to learn technology. They don't have the resources to learn it all that fast, so they kind of have to be bad at it for a while to learn. They just don't want to do that, and I don't blame them. If they've been doing the same thing and it's worked out great for 25 years, I'd probably be in the same boat too. But if you are willing to be bad at it, go get that additional skill set. So you have the machine operation skill set, then you have the technology skill set. You become one of the most valuable players to any construction company, any mining operation, anything, hands down.
0: Totally. With our snow removal company, um, you know, we had tons of equipment, all these three yard uh, articulating payloaders and, uh, you know, 120 horsepower tractors pushing snow. Um, It was so hard to fill those seats in the evenings to plow snow, right? It was on call 24 seven. And a lot of times, you know, you get lake effect snow, you can't really predict it. It shows up all of a sudden um, difficult to fill seats. Um, but we would fill them. And, you know, a lot of it is pretty monotonous, right? You're driving around distribution centers just back and forth. I feel like that could have been automated and we could have saved that seat for the tricky stuff in the morning. You know, the 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 harder cleanup, the relationship sort of stuff with the, with the customers, the quality control. There's, there's so many things that, you know, we wish we could have done but we were just trying to fill the seats in the first place to get the work done so you know frankly I, I agree with your views I don't think that it's the solution but I think that it's probably going to play a very minor part uh, in the solution a small piece in the puzzle
1: I, th- I think it'll yeah it'll it, it's just another tool and again it's a complicated what, what drives me nuts though is when these manufacturers or whatever they get these or these construction companies, they get so fixated on the technology thing like, oh, we need to tell kids how much technology we have, too. And I'm like, guys, guys, technology is great, but it is just it is just like table stakes right now. OK, great. You have technology like kids don't really care. They, that's the normal world they live in. So, of course, great. you have technology. But what do you have that these other industries don't have? Cool work big equipment, a sense of purpose. Like, Why don't we double down on what makes our industry truly special and truly separates us from everybody else rather than makes us like everybody else? (laughs) Say, yes, we have technology. That's important, that's great. There's a lot of jobs in technology and construction, but we also have the ability to serve the community, the camaraderie, the heavy equipment, all the other things a tech company doesn't have and can't touch.
0: Aaron, do you have uh, um, any, uh, it, you'll speak to a lot of leaders, a lot of inspiring leaders. Um, are there any that uh, really stand out and, and kind of the mindset that they have um, uh, that kind of speaks to, you know, your philosophy here on the constru- construction industry and how to better it? There, like the one in
1: particular that I've um, been fortunate enough to spend a little time with even was is the author of Everybody Matters, Bob Chapman. So he's not in construction, but he's built this multi-billion dollar enterprise of buying, struggling manufacturing businesses and Mm -hmm. applying this caring approach and management style to the businesses to not just revitalize the businesses, but make them way beyond what they thought was possible and has been remarkably successful, enormous returns for decades. So he's applied this model to manufacturing, which is blue collar, which is, it's not perfectly similar to construction, but I believe the principles are very similar. And I think if we applied those principles, and they're not principles like me, that I'm like, I'm a guy that's saying we should do this, but I can't really point to, I've done it very successfully for decades. I look to a guy like that who has done it very successfully for decades and say, there's the playbook. There's the blueprint. It's, it's right in front of us. And it's it's not theory. It's worked out remarkably well in another blue collar space. Why can't it work for us? So I've, I've always re- greatly admired his work because it's not just theory.
0: That's awesome. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, thanks for that recommendation. Um, so one last question for you, uh, Aaron, before we wrap up here. Uh, as a construction company, we always like to ask if uh, ask our, our guests if they have a favorite piece of uh, equipment.
1: I, um, I am known for my love of skid steers, <laughs> and, and we have a skid steer that's dressed as a cow. But uh, I also love anything big. So uh, this year we've done some pretty large mining operations, and next year we have some really cool stuff lined up. So anything big is my cup of tea
0: right the really big stuff and uh it gets you dressed up as uh, as cows
1: as as farm animals <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh,
0: love it thank you um, Aaron, I just, you know, I want to thank you again for uh, being part of our, our Building Builders podcast. Uh, it's been really, really great. Um, for, for our listeners, can you uh, maybe remind everyone how they can get a hold of you and uh, some of your channels?
1: That's just Aaron Witt on LinkedIn,
0: Instagram, uh,
1: YouTube. And then if you want to look into our training platform, buildwit.com, we'll have it all for you.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, Aaron. This has been really great. And I hope we we get to chat again soon. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks again for tuning in. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode. If you'd like more content, you can follow us on social media or watch all of our episodes on YouTube. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We have links to all platforms in the description.